intrapreneurs and entrepreneurs are not the same thing. There is an entirely different level of risk involved for those who are creating something outside of a large organization. So we have to make it clear that although you have the creativity and the ability and all of that to create something within an organization. It's not until your feet is held to the fire and like everything's on the line for a lot of people to respect you as an entrepreneur. That is the hard part. Many say that startups equal the unpolished MBA. Anyone who has built a business from an idea can attest to the fact that the experience is another level MBA, and there's nothing quite like it. Since you must be extremely resourceful and scrappy as a startup founder, quite often doing many things unconventionally, the conventional corporate MBAs consider the experience unpolished. But is it really? Honestly, having been on both sides as an engineer in corporate and then as a startup founder with an MBA, I'd have to agree with those who say that you don't need an MBA to be a startup founder. In fact, I think you learn more on how to build a company as a startup founder than you do in a structured MBA program. In fact, you certainly earn an MBA while on the job, building the company piece by piece. Build the plane on the way down, they say. Well, that's exactly what it is. But there are lessons to be shared to help both sides learn from each other. The Unpolished MBA podcast will be the sharing of candid conversation related to topics on both sides of the fence. One is not better than the other, just different. Let's jump in. So right off the bat, the term entrepreneurs, it describes employees of a company that have been basically given the task to behave like an entrepreneur while working inside of that large organization. Now, of course, that's definitely difficult, right? So if it's something that um, someone has an idea about that can help their company, this may be something of interest to them. But if it's your desire to create a standalone entity meant to serve like an entire industry, not just your employer, the entrepreneur part could actually be very frustrating because if you create something internally to your organization, we all know the paperwork that we sign, right? Um, you transfer all rights of any innovation to your employer upon, you know, when you, when you begin working there. So even if you do create something internally, um, you have a lot to overcome to even try to use it or commercialize it outside of your organization. The relationship between employment, intellectual property, and ownership of new innovations have some really very clear laws defining all of it. And typically employers are entitled to all intellectual property created at or for their business, unless there is some kind of contract stating otherwise. I always tell people to remember that even when using your employer's computer to create something, 
it gives them ownership of whatever that is you created. Now, there are four main types of intellectual property, um, patents, copyright laws, trademarks, and trade secrets. So I'm not an attorney, and so I will not be digging into each of these separately right now. However, it's just important to understand that if you create something, it's usually a given that your employer owns it unless there's a predefined, that means before you create it, right? A predefined written on paper agreement regarding specific exclusions of intellectual property. I've never seen it happen before, but there are always exceptions to the rule somewhere. It is nice. It's very nice to have your organization basically bankrolling the idea, providing all of the necessary resources for you to try out and test out and create something. That's great. But unfortunately, having the cushioning of the corporation backing you, it doesn't provide the authentic experience of entrepreneurship. I mean, it's it's almost like role-playing without experiencing the risk actually, or the returns, to be honest with you, of operating as, let's say, a real startup outside of that organization on your own. Now, those entrepreneur programs and innovation programs inside of corporations are really cool for those who want to express their creativity and create new things without taking on the risk. And these uh, programs are popping up everywhere worldwide. And it's actually a great thing. It helps keep things energized and fresh internally. But it's essential for me to just point out uh, a few things. A lot of entrepreneurs are judged harshly by those that consider themselves real quote unquote entrepreneurs and have taken on the risk of everything on themselves. So experienced entrepreneurs really should be a part of those entrepreneur programs because they are a necessary component to provide candid information and feedback to those on the innovation team internally of these corporations because what seems feasible to those on the inside what seems feasible in theory typically what i really enjoyed doing which was the well the three thing entrepreneurial piece but also this unlocking so many potential but it it didn't give me the it didn't push me over the line enough from that perspective at that point this is sort of four or five years ago the other strand to this is a is a personal thing and and what it is is um about four or five years ago, my wife and I decided to foster a child. Mm -hmm. So we set out to do that. And making those decisions, uh, I've already got three, three, three daughters. Um, and so adding another one. Um, but yeah. to do that, I wanted to create, it created that flexibility uh, to be involved and, and to be around and, and everything else. So uh, along with the, you know, freedom, the uh, unlocking someone's potential and also by fostering as well, it's the same sort of thing. Um, I then took the courage and the step to go for it. And initially it was a, uh, I went more on the commercial stuff, advising companies, more consultancy side of things as I was starting to do my training and starting to build up my sort of coaching practice. And I still do a little bit of the business strategy stuff with companies because that's what I've been doing for the last 20 years. So I, I bring that in. So yes, it was the it was the desire uh, to sort of explore the whole fostering. And now we are fostering, um, have been for just over 18 months now. So, yeah. An example the other day was it was um, it was a Monday. It was a beautiful sunny day. Um, I had some things to do and but it's just stuff I could do another day. And my daughter, who's my second eldest, 
goes off to university in a few weeks time and she was around and I said, why don't we go for a walk and, and go for a drink? Uh, she's, she's 20. Um, and, and so we did. So I took out three hours. I could do, there was nothing impacted from my client perspective. I, at the time, I just moved some stuff around in terms of my own stuff. And I could do that. And, and at work context, in a corporate world, you couldn't do that in the moment. You can do it in a few days ahead, but not. So it's things like that and just being around. And so, yes, hence when you said, would I ever go back to it? Um, never, not at all. Um, and I love what I do. I love it. It's, it's, it's so fulfilling and so um, exciting. So I noticed on your LinkedIn profile, even though we were talking about MBA or no MBA in the beginning, but I noticed on your LinkedIn profile, you're still pursuing a higher education, a master's degree right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's ever since I've got into coaching, ever since I've got into whole personal development, I, I've really increasingly valued, um, I guess, the investment in myself. I just wanted to, and I got more in in ingrained in the whole behavior and how the brain works and psychology so then yes i'm now pursuing a, a master's in uh, psychology a distance learning be a lot of zoom a lot of interaction but mm-hmm. it's something i'm just fascinated by i love by it love it and i just know it will add a lot more value to me and to my clients as well if Absolutely. I, as, 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 as i learn so yes it's not an mba but i guess in some ways you could say it's it's heading towards that level i guess <laughs> yeah you know psychology i was also always fascinated by it and i actually took um a kind of like a minor in it in undergrad mm. and so it it taught me so much just about people right how mm. they think why they behave certain ways and to me that's extremely powerful in business i would say it's probably more powerful than, you know, knowing the financial model. Like you can hire somebody for a financial model, but understanding the psychology gives you a a certain level of discernment as well and understanding Mm. as well as an empathy. And that that combination is an extremely powerful um, tool to have in your belt. Next, I asked Julian, how does he help clients handle challenges and failure? And then we also talked about how some coaches are getting it entirely wrong when it comes to this. I like the way he described failure as just feedback and how you can reframe it and continue to move forward. Keep listening. One of the things that they are sure to encounter, of course, is some challenges. And so when they, when they come into those bumps in the road, what is it that you help them, you know, see to keep going? Yeah, I think we all get that. I mean, my premise of, of any challenge is, you know, it's ultimately, and I say, I don't say this glibly, it is just feedback. Um, and it's not. Oh, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, it Look is. It is feedback. Mm-hmm. You know, and people say a lot, you know, failure is just feedback. In reality, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's, it, and, and that gives you the different, if you have that perspective, that reframe, when you see something, see something go wrong or not quite as it is, it's feedback. Either you didn't, you know, do it the right way or the timing was wrong or you don't have the right resource, whatever it may be. So it's then exploring that. And I always believe there is, always a possibility and if you've if you set yourself a goal 
to do something. And as long as that goal is, has come from you and is future focused and positive, I believe that you have created it. Therefore your system knows how to deliver on it. So if you do come across some challenges all along the way, because you undoubtedly will, you will know ways to get around that. And I allow my clients, even though sometimes I can see it absolutely obviously what it is, but I allow them to sort of get to that place where yeah. they go. And I go, thank goodness for that. They got there. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what a good coach does. So I'm so happy to hear that that's the way you do things. Cause some folks will call themselves coaches and spend the entire time telling people what they should do <laughs> instead yes. of letting people kind of work through it. And of course it takes time and they may not get it as fast as you want them to, or you think they should, no. but everyone gets there at their own pace. Often I find I come up with some ideas of what they could do. And when we go through the sort of questions and the reflection, they often come up with things I'd never even thought of. And they go, ah, that's why I allow them to do because it's about them and and they'll come up with better solutions and ideas and options. Obviously, sometimes it comes up where they go, you know, do you have any ideas? And I go, you know, with your permission, I'll share something. You can dismiss it. And I will share in a context that they've explored and felt they've exhausted all the options. Um, but yeah, definitely. Okay, that's it. Julian talked about how he struggled in corporate environments that were controlling. He talked about something that many people start to think about themselves when they experience that over and over again at different companies. You start to ask yourself, is it me or what? You just have this feeling that you don't fit in. Perhaps you too don't fit into the corporate environment because you are an entrepreneur that's taking a little while longer to figure out your why. And if so, that's okay. But like Julian, you'll have to gain clarity on your purpose and then muster up the courage to unlock the potential once you've done so. The Unpolished MBA conversation continues and you can be a part of it by going to unpolishedmba.com. Thank you for listening. Speak. Sometimes you sometimes you're just you just called to say, I'm gonna invite you to not say that again. And here's why. Mm -hmm. And sometimes and sometimes you don't. And and a lot of times it's about building relationships. But I think that the power of that that confidence that clarity comes from also like really being inserted in your community and and seeking out that community so that's a lot of the work that i do mm -hmm. it's you know when i bring entrepreneurs to the table they're all like so i need a i need a business audit and i'm like oh we're gonna get to that but <laughs> first <laughs> let's connect with each other let's take advantage of the opportunity that we're on somewhat similar journeys and that we're in community with each other and that the, that the path looks different for us and we're together in this. So what does that look like for you? So that when you go into those other rooms where there isn't that much of a shared connection, which I, here's the other part of it is like that it opens you up to the, to the potential connections and other people that those people have similar stories my, maybe not your stories, but I, I really believe this. And a mentor of mine 
said that to me once. I, I was nervous about an event that I would, had to lead and I had to stand in and, you know, do kind of, kind of be the called to be the person you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm terrified. I don't, I, I can't even think straight. And she said, you know, I don't think your job is to do anything else except to just stand there and hold the space and be in your light. And it really stuck with me. I was mm -hmm. like, that's right. I've been doing all of this work. I've been building all of this community. I'm reminded of my power. That's the only thing I need to do. Okay, that's it. I bet many of you will agree that Blanca just has a peaceful tone and demeanor that helps you relax and open your perspective to seeing things a little bit differently. She is someone that dedicates so much of her time to enlightening and leading others to act on their aspirations by building on the foundation of their identity, their background, community, knowledge, and expertise. Again, showing up as your full self is what's necessary to accept, embrace, and stand in your own power. The Unpolished MBA conversation continues, and you can be a part of it by going to unpolishedmba.com. Thank you for listening.